Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Today's my birthday. Yay me, I've reached the age of 33 now. And uh, yeah, this is why I'm probably, well, I'm going to be going out celebrating a bit after I record this episode, but um, just decided to let you know about everything. Because, well, last episode was the interview finally that aired, so that's great. But uh, we have quite a lot of things to talk about. First of all, before all of you who asked me on Twitter about the destruction of the Soviet monument here in Riga, well, I'll be answering that one, but not on my own podcast. See, Telegraph, The Telegraph, uh, kind of asked on their own Ukraine show about someone from Latvia to be an expert on this and explain this stuff. So I got into touch with, with the people who run that show, so I'll be on, on The Telegraph podcast sometime, I don't know, Monday's kind of a holiday, so that won't happen soon enough. But probably sometime next week I'll be on, on their show and I'll be explaining the situation there. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be chilling mostly for today, because, once again, I am going back to the front lines in Ukraine. I have some contacts ready, and, uh, well, thank you to the people who've, and NAFO fellas who've been active. And if you're listening to me from Ukraine, then, um, yeah, I'll be in Ukraine from the 23rd of February to the 1st of October. I intend to spend a full week there, arriving through Warsaw. I have to remind myself to pre-purchase train tickets from Warsaw to Kiev and then you know I'll go to Kiev and I'll be back on the front lines and then you'll go then you'll get me reporting directly and also that would be really really nice of you if you're listening to the show and you haven't become a patron yet or just you know you if you want to support the show please go to patreon.com slash eastern border and you know maybe maybe support the show for one dollar per episode uh, the fact that it says per month is is kind of they changed it because I uh, I sort of charge people for four episodes, four or five episodes per month, depending on the amount of weeks. So it's kind of like uh, a weird situation there with Patreon, who just changed the layout. But if you can, if you want to support the show, then you know, if if you become a patron for like one dollar, then you're gonna be ch- you're gonna be charged like four to five bucks. And if you become a patron on the level of five dollars, then it's again twenty or twenty five bucks. But hey, you keep me alive, and uh, I'll need the funding to go back to Ukraine and. 
get them the drone. Now, I'm not sure the drone project's not going that well, but uh, I'll just be giving a ton of euros directly to the Ukrainian forces. I'll, I'll be talking about this, obviously, when I'll, when I'll get to Ukraine. If we manage to get up, get enough, uh, get enough funds to, to for me to just bring a drone into Ukraine, then of course I'll do that. But besides the fact that it's my birthday, and oh yeah, and also if you can, if you if you want to donate to Ukraine drone directly, of course you can just go to the Eastern Border.lv and click the donate button there, and we will just add that money to our drone funds. It's it's growing slowly. And like I said, if, if we don't manage to get enough for a drone, then we will just deliver the money directly into Ukraine. But despite this being my birthday and everything, I think you should hear some news. Because the war is still going on, sadly, and it's um, it's a bit of a mess. And today I have um, I have Moors for you. You know, the King Tiger on on um, on blog spaces like Live Journal and stuff like that. He is a vehement supporter of, of this whole war. I've been using him as a source previously. If this is your first episode, just go check some previous ones, which are not interviews. But um, but yeah, this guy, Moors, is deeply involved in providing repairs and collecting aid for the so-called people's militia of these Donetsk republics. And uh, he published his view on of the results of the six months of the <clears throat> special operation. It's a bit of a long read, but... But, you know, he at least admits something. He admits something and he's at least honest with it. And after him, we'll, we'll, get, the, we'll, we'll get, to get some more news from our best buddy, Igor Gerke. But from Moors, quote. And again, thank you to wartranslated.com who do, who do all the transcripts so that, well, I get, I get to spend more time doing additional other research so that I don't have to spend my time translating everything myself. Thanks, Dmitri, from wartranslated.com. Please go, go visit that show. Sorry, not show, but like the website. Mm. Yeah, birthday voice. (laughs) At any rate, half a year of special military operation, and this is from Moors. Quote, As already mentioned, the Russian leadership prefers to turn a blind eye to problems during the military operation, hoping that this will make problems disappear. The leadership of Russia is moving into another reality, and the republics are following it. Problems do not disappear, and then we hear amazing explanations for the slow pace of the offensive. Just as, like, uh, Shoigu just stated that we are deliberately advancing so slowly so that fewer Ukrainian civilians die. No, seriously, that was the ex- excuse that uh, Shoigu, the uh, the reindeer herder and fireman who is now in charge of the Russian military of their Ministry of Defense, yeah, uh, that's, that's, his, uh, that's his excuse for how the war is going so poorly for, for Russia. But continuing on, quote, the reality is that in the spring the Russian Federation killed all those forces with which we were able to carry out large-scale encirclement operations. No encirclement operations, no decisive turning point in the course of the war. I already wrote about it, and he has not we have used this, carrying on. The enemy will slowly retreat in those places where they will be pressed by the artillery powerfully enough, but they will retreat to prepared positions occupied by the reserves deployed. To grind their cheap infantry in this way without having enough of our own proper infantry can take a very long time and not bring much success. Which is, well, great for everyone who's not Russian in this case. As already mentioned, instead of the normal replenishment of the currently fighting troops, a program has been launched to form new units from scratch. We will observe the slaughter of this wave of volunteers, and he puts volunteers in air quotes, over Ukrainian positions, including the next three-month-old uh, three Bars, which are the Special Reserve Initiative in Russia, during the fall. 
With no mobilization, there will be no fully-fledged replenishment troops. Are you forming new units in conditions of a general shortage of personnel and communications? They will initially turn to be uh, turn out to be uncontrollable. Roll out in dense columns to the front line and be wrecked by the enemy artillery and MLRSs. Which is exactly what I expect. And this guy is super pro-Russian. So, you know, this is, again, super pro-Russian guy who fights for the LDPR. So, that's a thing. Well, the remnants of experienced infantry professionals are now being finished in completely wild conditions of further attempts to storm the Ukrainian positions around Donetsk. As one officer of the DPR People's Militia said, by the start of Mariupol campaign, most of the platoon and company officers who had been officers before February 24th had died. In Mariupol, in their place, were more or less experienced sergeants. They dragged Mariupol on their backs and died or dropped out due to severe injuries in the same location. Now, most of the platoons and company commanders in the republics are simply the most experienced ordinary soldiers, or, if you're lucky, sergeants who do not have any officer training. And then he quotes, Moore's quotes, Natalia Kuchatova, a military correspondent who is, uh, quote, not prone to wavering along with the party line. So this is a quote within a quote. We're getting to meta levels. Mm. There are, so to speak, serious doubts about the practicality of mobilization. It is unlikely that poorly trained reserves can radically improve the situation in the front. But the river of funeral notices can overwhelm the patience of the Russian society, which, let's be honest, is not too inclined to sacrifice private interests for the sake of victory. End quote. Within the quote. Moritz continues. This means that even many of those who say what they think and who at the same time have something to think with do not understand what is happening. We are, we are already fighting with poorly trained or not at all trained people, such as the Donetsk and Luhansk mobilized, or mobiki, and all kinds of volunteers, again in air quotes, who are not properly trained by anyone to work with heavy weapons. Fighting now, those people fighting, are sick, old, recovering, wounded, anyone who is caught on the street. And the sooner the mobilization is announced in the Russian Federation, the more time will be in order to prepare these mobilized for battles. Recently, while receiving a pair of binoculars from me for his subordinates from one of the line battalions, one veteran of the Luhansk militia and the Prizrak, ghost, battalion in particular, said, quote, We could do with more textbooks on tactics, topography, end quote. It's a rare case when a person understands that untrained people can't do anything, especially officers not trained to be officers. Mobilization could, on the contrary, reduce the flow of funeral notices, albeit at the cost of the fact that some of them will come not to Donetsk or Luhansk families, but to the Russian ones. But the mobilization in the Russian Federation requires the responsibility for the fate of those mobilized. And in our collective, Russian Zap Brannigan really does not want this responsibility. However, I'm damned, I'm damned tired of arguing. I argued for seven years, torn myself explaining that one should not fly in the clouds, one should prepare for a serious fight. Get really seriously. No one cared. Now I just don't have the time for these arguments. You'll see everything yourself. The slaughter of the next wave of volunteers, formed from now a completely unusable contingent which will begin to run away for after the first battles much faster than the first recruitment. Then an awkward pause to come up with an explanation for why we, we, we started advancing even more slowly. Then humiliating attempts at negotiations. Then, finally, mobilization in the Russian Federation, even monstrous, even more monstrous than the current recruitment of volunteers, because the same people will be involved. And yes, Races towards Ukrainian machine guns by unprepared mobilized for the first anniversary of the start of the special military operation. Again, without communication, without personal protection, without normal training, without normal management. Just like in the old days. Go. There's no one there. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And Morris finalizes. If there will be no mobilization in the Russian Federation, the front line will not just stop, but will be begin to slowly roll back in places in the opposite direction. To the sounds of calibers flying over the heads of the Ukrops, which is again a racial slur that pro-war Russians use to describe Ukrainians, somewhat into their ear. And uh, he summarizes their own attitude of that side about this whole war. Quote, This is a war to destroy Russia. No one will agree to any compromise, peace, unless the very fact of its agreeing is included in the mechanism of a coup d'etat in the Russian Federation. In this war, with excellent chances of winning, our leadership has every chance to squander. Now again, for unknown reasons, they consider this fact that they had to attack Ukraine or Russia would just, uh, well, slowly fade away and die. And I sort of agree because, you know, you can only go on being absolutely 100% corrupt and uh, not feel any consequences only for so long. But then again... We also have Girkin, who apparently is regrowing his mustache in Crimea, where he ran away to uh, to get to the front lines. But he's also, you know, prepared some uh, some nice nice stuff for us to analyze a bit. So this is our best best nemesis, great frenemy, Igor Girkin. Quote: In the last couple of weeks, a topic has emerged on the internet that is becoming more widespread. It has a nominal name. Quote: Shoigu is not to blame for anything. He is doing all his best to win the war insisting on holding necessary mobilization measures for this, but Putin interferes personally with him. Apparently, this topic is being heavily thrown in and pushed through, and it is especially receiving a push right now when Ramzan Akhmetovich, which is Kadyrov, reiterated his readiness to, quote, quickly take Kiev at any moment if there is such an opportunity. And uh, continuing on from Girkin. Since my deepest sympathies for the Minister of Defense of the Russian Federation, sometimes reaching enthusiastic admiration, are widely known, and for half a year I have been restrained from even more hysterical reverence for the President by the firmly observed promise, not until the war is over, I consider myself entitled to try and act as an arbitrator. Don't take it as an impudence in this. With which the anonymous force behind the above stuffing is trying to present us. So very briefly, briefly about the current military situation. Uh, this is the interesting part why I'm reading you this quote. So, Girkin states, one. The third, effective, as Ramzan Kudirov calls it, stage of the military operation is just three weeks since it starts smoothly became the fourth, which is saving the civil, civilian population by slowing down the pace of the operation, by Shoigu personally. Two. In fact, all the effectiveness of the third stage ended with insignificant, but costly, tactical advances near Donetsk, culminating in the capture of the P Pesky urban settlement. 
On the Kherson front, there was an exchange. Russians advanced five kilometers to Mikolaev from Snigirevka. The Ukers, once again, he, called, he uses the slur, captured through vi- two villages in the bridgehead on the Ingulets River between Snigirevka and Dajinov Brod. On other fronts, also in general, the front line has not changed. During the summer, the enemy, the, the Ukrainians, that is, the guys that we're cheering for, sharply, by many times, increased the number of missile and unmanned strikes against the deep and close rear areas of the armed forces of the Russian Federation and the armed forces of the Donetsk People's Republics, achieving new successes, now quite comparable in terms of damage with missile strikes on their own territory, received from the armed forces of the Russian Federation from the beginning of the military operation. Thus, in this respect, the Russian Federation armed forces have lost exclusive superiority, while armed forces of Ukraine have achieved a certain parity. And there, there, Girkin is sad. Girkin states, sad but true. Let us, let us have this, like, single tear for Igor Girkin. I mean, he's lost his mustache, has to regrow it, lost his hair, is old, going crazy, no potato for him, very cold, so sad. But, uh, but yeah. He goes on about this yelling at Shoigo, and he's using using crazy stuff that basically Shoigo is now doing everything he can to pull off being the scapegoat of this whole military operation. Which is interesting because, well, someone will, we're gonna, is going to have to be a scapegoat. And there Girkin also presents an interesting thing because, you know, he states that um, it is going to be really hard for Russia to mobilize right now. Especially since, well, in their own local propaganda, they've been doing so well and so great. They've been like the number one, number one dudes of everything. Which means that currently, if you will mobilize Russia at this point, then uh, you would have to explain somehow to the population why exactly are they being mobilized if the war is going so well against the damn devil-worshipping Ukrainians. You know, stuff like that. Which is not easy to do. But um, that's another one. That's another point. But normally, propaganda would be able to do this. But uh, interestingly enough, it is now less important about who exactly killed Mrs. Dugina. But what's what's happening now is that in all of my Russian propaganda channels that I monitor daily, everyone is so scared. They are super scared. They have apparently Solovyov has basically ordered a mind sweep of his own properties. Same with uh, Skabieva and other people who are very pro-Russia propagandists. See, they view this murder of Dugina as something out of the ordinary, something that shows that even they themselves in Moscow can't exactly feel safe anymore. And, you know, they're living with a, with a chip on their shoulder with about, you know, being exploded forever. And at the same time, I have to throw a little brick in the garden of uh, Russian liberals which are just sometimes weird and very imperialistic sometimes, you know. I, I've quoted Maxim Katz here, and, and I like Nevzorov, of course, but Yulia Latinina, one of the Russian journalists that I also also watch a lot and that I used to respect, well, she stated that anyone who basically, basically who, anyone who isn't mourning the death of Dugina is an inhuman bastard because, well, we should be more European-like and all this stuff. And I understood that Russian liberals for the most part, don't have an understanding of how democracy works. They don't don't really get how the Western world works. You see, they sort of think that the Western world, the proper reaction of Putin, basically, you know, entering your house, breaking the windows, and being an oppressive fascist, killing your civilians and everything, like, I, I don't know, they, they seem to be of the deep concern side. So if you kind of express joy for military victories and... Uh, well, are quite happy when the Russian propagandists get kabooshed in the air, then that makes you a terrible person. Surely I am a terrible person in that case, because 
for one, I know, and that's written on my Facebook page, my private Facebook page, and if you want to add me as a friend, then please go on, I'll, I'll accept you. Kristaps Andreson is the only one there with a na- with a nafal kind of image there. But um, as it says there, the best defense against evil are good men, skilled at violence. And, you know, I've been raised with the idea that you should never throw the first punch, but if the fighting gets rough... Then you go all out. There's no point of start. There's no point of being involved in a fight if you don't win, you know. And sometimes I think that these Russian sort of oppositionaries, the Russian liberal people, they tend to forget that Europeans have been slaughtering other Europeans for ages, and that well, we might not want to basically use violence, but when it comes to using violence and when it comes to actually doing something. We can get agitated. And, you know, most of my listeners are American, and I know that's super, super special for you as well. Because at some points, at some points, well, there is a need, as one listener of mine commented on Twitter, there is a need of rough men standing guard. So that's a thing. And uh, I wouldn't want... I kind of feel weird since, well, you know, Russians are invading Ukraine, but we shouldn't be sanctioning normal average people because they're not guilty of anything. Well, they kind of are. They kind of are with all their attitude and everything, but, um, and they haven't been changing even. Very few of them are, which is an interesting reality that I have to live in. And on the more positive note, to round this up, because I'm about to hit the pub, um, in 5 a.m. this morning, and I'm recording at 5 p.m., Ukrainian missiles struck a hydropower plant in Crimea, which means that half of the Russian soldiers in Crimea are without power, and their water supply is also hurting. And this kind of, you know, strengthens my point that I believe that this war will be over by December, or, well, you know, it'll last for a bit more. But I think that we'll see in winter a lot of weird logistical issues with the Russian troops, and they be, them being very much undersupplied on everything, really. And I still, you know, kind of hope that people do respond on my emails about this, but I'll go back to Ukraine, try to report, it'll be great. At any rate, happiness is mandatory. До свидания, товарищи. And please, yeah, you know, if you want to donate to the drone, click the donate button on the Eastern Border.lv page, or, you know, consider becoming our patron. It will be very much appreciated. До свидания, товарищи. And uh, next episode coming out, I don't know, in a day or two, maybe. I have to figure this one out. Gotta wake up in the morning. <laughs> Gotta wake up tomorrow morning, but first, you know. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.